Mikey, hi. Welcome to the Penny Lane Podcast. Hi, how are you? Doing great. I'm so happy to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, I feel like this is we've this has been in the works for months, maybe? Yeah. Yep, for, for a it, while now. It's always so funny because I just like personally have to have a really planned out, like booked schedule for the podcast. So people will say, you need to have X trader on. And I'm like, okay, I'll reach out to them. And then I'm like, in two and a half months, it's six o'clock on the 12th. Like, are you available for an interview? And people are like, I, I don't know what I'm doing in two and a half. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> it's a different, uh, different way of doing it. So anyway, we've had this lined up for a while and I'm glad the day is finally here that you can come on. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. Definitely. I'm um, talking about a, a lot of things, answer some questions and kind of air out a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, why don't you tell us um, just how you got into trading? Okay. I, I got into trading about two years ago. Um, I'm in the military. So when I started... Um, oh, actually, I want to interrupt you. A lot of people DM'd me to say thank you for your service. They wanted to thank you for your service. Thank, so thank you. you for your service. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. So I was in the military and then I knew I wasn't going to do the whole 20 years. And I remember back in the day I used Robin Hood and I was like, hey, you know, I remember making 800 bucks. Like, I want to start trading again. So I started it and I wasn't really good at it. I was using Robin Hood and I finally switched over to Thinkorswim. And I was part of a paid room. Perfect. You know, trying to learn. And it, it took me it took me a while to get serious about it. It was something that I gave up on a lot of stuff back then. And it was definitely something I didn't want to give up on. So I got into the books, got into the videos, found out why people are making these calls, understanding how the market works. And that, that's how I got into trading. Um, I knew I wasn't going to make a career out of the military. I wanted to find something that I can take care of my family with and then eventually get back to the community because I always wanted to try to help people do stuff. So that's why I got into trading. So do you you give back to the community by teaching people or like monetarily are giving back? So, yes. Okay. Uh, I, I teach them. Um, uh-huh. I talk to people on voice. Like we have a voice chat in the real ones and it's amazing. Like it's amazing. Uh, I talk to people like my DMs are always open to everybody. And then I started to do my streams. I had my first stream, uh, Mike Underdog Twitch. It was I was nervous doing it, but it was two hours. I had a lot of people show up. A lot of people looked yeah, at it I so mean, far. The, I was just watching it. Those comments were just it was going. Insane. People were I, into it. I had so much anxiety. I, <laughs> I oh, it was so good, better, though. I know, thank you. I know. I appreciate it. Um, it was just something I worked on for, you know, almost a year and a half. And I see so many people struggling. So it's something, you know, I, if I can give back and help other people, that was like the best benefit for me. It wasn't for I sure. needed money or, you know, I need people to blindly follow me while I'm trading and create, you know, channel momentum. It was all organic plays. And it felt good because I had a lot of people that would talk to me and say, hey, if I can just, hey, Mikey, if I can just make like a few hundred bucks a day, or even a couple hundred bucks a week for my family, that'd be amazing. So it was a lot of those DMs that 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 really shifted my focus. All right, I want to learn something 
be consistently profitable, do it for months, and then really to like get back to the community and everybody that was struggling. So can I, this wasn't necessarily on the docket of what we're going to talk about, but I do want to sort of touch on the community as a whole and people who are struggling. I don't know if, if it's because I am more in a position, like I have the podcast and people do DM me and I think they feel like they can tell me pretty personal. I mean, I tell personal stuff on here all the time. So I feel like they feel comfortable telling me Mm -hmm. stuff. And it just seems to me like the the community as a whole is really sort of struggling right now. It just seems like harder, which I have sort of thought is we all made it through August. We're all waiting for that hot fall market. We got the one big DWAC run, DWAC and fun. Like we've been waiting and then it just, it, I've been trading 18 months now and the last seven months have just been difficult. And I understand that we were in like a crazy market before this. And like that market's never going to return, but it almost like it feels personal. Like the market is like punishing me for how easy it was (laughs) last year. And I don't think that I'm the only person that feels like that. Like people are really struggling. Right. Do you think that people are struggling more than usual or is that just like my perspective? No, I, I definitely do see a lot of people struggling. And I think it's because. All right. So if you look back in February of of this year, that's when the market was insane. Everything was running. Sympathies were in play. It was a slap happy market. And the thing with the slap happy market is, is you can literally just hit the buy button on so many plays and they rip. And now they give you this big giant P&L. You're making a lot of money. It feels great. But what happens is, is once that dies down, or doesn't last, people start slapping things again and they stray away from strategy. And that's like a big thing that I've been on. Every time I look at a chart and every time there's a runner or something going, I always try to find my strategy that's going to fit that chart. Like if I buy something and now that I've increased my size, there's more risk, you know, to increase your size. As soon as I hit the buy button, I want to know that I'm confident and comfortable of taking this position. And if it goes against me, I'm going to cut it. But it's it's more over the strategy. I think a lot of people are lacking strategy. Like when you see a chart, when something runs, you have to know how the ticker moves. Is it a big float, a small float, a medium float? You know, is it heavy? Is it a thin stock? Stuff like that. So. I think when we had this hot market, or even when DWOC and, and PUN was running and all the sympathies that ran with it, that, you know, that's awesome. Like I was slapping it too, you know, slapping all the simps was running. But after a while, you kind of know when you have to let off the gas with that. And then you have to revert to sticking to your strategy that you built, whether it's a trader who's long, who's looking for specific patterns, or a trader who's a, a short, someone who's a bear. Shorting stuff, you have to look for those criteria. Someone who's um, play supply demand, an options trader, any of those type of things, you have to really revert to your strategy 
more over than just a slap happy market, in my opinion. And I think that's where a lot of people are, are struggling in the aspect of as soon as something runs, like, what are, what are you looking for? Like, why are you buying it? Like, have you bought this particular pattern or style before? Or are you just entering the stock because of FOMO or it's running and you're like, hey, I want to make money. You're like, people are making money, you know, and stuff like that. That's that's what I think is going on with, like, a large community or even a lot of people, not just anybody. And it can happen with the experienced traders, too, of just kind of, like, forgetting and reverting to the basics, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. just to be, um, you know, more disciplined. It's discipline. I think trading is, is discipline to the T. Has your experience in the military helped you with that? Yes, definitely. I would say the military past experience of just going through, you know, things in life that kind of shaped me to be like where I'm at now. And, you know, I had a lot of people, you know, one of, one of my friends died because of trading. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, you know, again, slap happy market, you know. He was just slapping everything, slapping stuff, slapping size, 10, 20,000 shares. Next thing you know, the hot market left. And it's like, well, I'm going to slap this. And next thing you know, he's taking big losses, big losses, you know. And that happens, you know. If you see a hot market, you slap 10,000 shares, 5,000 shares, or even 1,000 if that's a lot for you or anybody. And then the next day, the market's not hot. You slap it, and now you're losing thousands. Instead of winning, you know, bringing in thousands, it's, how do you adjust to that? You know, there's emotions behind behind the money. You know, is it a per, a personal friend or a someone you met like through the online community? Online community, yeah, I've been known for a while. Oh God, that's like yeah. a massive nightmare of mine. But I mean, honestly, because my online friends are at this moment closer to me than my real life friends. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me too. You know, people like. I get up every morning. People are asking about my kids, my dogs, my husband, like what I have going on. People just know a lot about my life. And my friends will text me and it'll be 12 hours later. I'll get back to them like, sorry, I was trading. I'm sure they're sick of it. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, what a I, – it's also so interesting – what we do is so dangerous. It is. It's so dangerous. Yeah. You have to learn how to like that. So that's why I'm so big, like in voice on my stream. I'm, I'm always talking about like, okay, like if this looks good to you, like, why are you trading it? Have you traded this before? You back tested this. Like, does this make sense to you? Like, you know, like, is there volume behind it? Does this have news? Is it a leading gap or is it something that's, you know, is it, is it, or is there socials behind this? Like, well, you know, Twitter pumps or, you know, alerts, tweets, uh, you know, what, what's causing this to run, you know? And once you like fully understand those aspects and like, like, like sit back from the whole situation and actually learn how the market's moving, when it's moving and why you'll be so much more disciplined and like, for me lately, because it's just been like really good, you know, and, you know, there's still better traders than me, you know, people who are making way more than me, you know, but I think it's the consistency and mm-hmm. the confidence that I've built over this long period of time that has taken me to the next level per se. And 
that right there has been helping so many other people build their confidence and their trades. And, you know, it's been, it's been nice. Definitely been nice. And how, um, can you talk me through your, how you got from the paid room into real ones? Okay. Yeah. yeah no. So it was me, Herb, Diz, Zen, you know, there's all, we, we used to trade in voice just together. It was just us, you know, a couple other guys, KG, and, you know, we were trading in voice, trading in voice. And then eventually, you know, I was in a paid room and like, you know, they just started to seem like it was just like a small circle. And like, I wanted to get more exposure. I wanted to, I wanted to learn more from other traders. And I learned so much from like Bob, you know, RCB, Fappy, um, even other traders, like just seeing their perspectives, like whether if they're options trader, a large cap trader, hearing other people's, like how are their, their views on it? Like how they're, you know, just, just in general, just, so when I was in a paid room, it was like the growth kind of just stopped. You know, there wasn't too much you can do. Not a lot more people wanted to join. And, you know, I want to learn from other people. And, of course, they didn't want to come in because it was paid. You know, it's a paid room. You know, so from there, it just kind of this just kind of went. And, you know, I followed him. That's like, that's my brother, you know. You know yeah, Herb, yeah. Herb went too. So, like, I was going where my boys were going. Like, I had to. Yeah. So that, you know, eventually that's how we went there. And then um, Bob let us do the voice thing still, which was great because I can't trade with like, I don't know how traders do it where they just type something, you know, they have a paragraph, you know, the, the, the name, the chart, and then send it, you know, to me, it's like, all right, you're probably already in the trade before, you know. Sure, sure. You know, yeah. You know, which I get it, you know, I don't think voice was like incorporated, you know. I don't think people like really were comfortable doing that because you take losses. Like I take losses. It's normal. Um, So we started doing voice in there and it just, it's just been amazing because other experienced traders are allowed to be voice too. And just to learn from different people's perspectives and at the same time, still trust your own strategy, which is amazing to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that, that's how we uh, got into the real ones. Fault is, didn't want to be part of like this this paid program anymore because I don't know. I think you know I, I get I get the whole paid thing. You know, people want to do it, but at the same time, I make we we make our money in the market. You know. So I have. I was in two paid rooms prior to Brad Mullen starting MTA and was fine to pay. Like I wanted to learn. I was fine to pay. And then Brad started MTA and it is so founded in free education that I like really drink. Well, I'm a, I'm a admin. Like I, I mean, MTA like gave me a, a role in this world. I mean, I'm just like huge, huge into MTA. I have interviewed so many traders, Shark in particular, and um, you know Shark? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Shark has a paid room, 
And we talked through that. And I also understand the perspective of like weeding out the noise and just getting like a concentrated small group of traders and having the entry fee or the subscription fee or whatever be just like high enough that people don't take it for granted, but low enough that it's not like really a barrier for entry. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like such an interesting way to do it because a lot of these people who have started paid rooms in the last two or three months, I do think genuinely want to be mentors to other, you know what I mean? Like I sort of feel like there's a little bit of a shift. However, I I mean, MTA is free. MTA has changed my life. And there's people in there all day, every day who will help you and mentor you. So I, but I just see both sides of like that coin, I guess. Yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I just, you know, to me, it's like, how come you can't just make your room private or, sure, you know, like, sure, sure. <laughs> right? Like, make your room private. Right. Because if you think about it, it's like, you know, higher rooms you're charging. Say you have, you know, 1,000, 2,000 people. It's like now you're bringing in this X amount of dollars, which is fine. You know, if you're going to make it a business, that's cool. You know, I just think after a while, you know, like you make your money in the market. Like I think if everyone was so like let their egos go and just come together as like a ginormous community, like all these rooms are working together. They're not pumping stuff. Everyone's like really putting in the work and like, it's not because it's not, if you look at it, it's not me versus you. Like it's not Mikey versus Penny. It's, it's me and you versus the market. It's like, right, how right. are we going to trade the market to bring us? Cause we're, we're, what are, what are we here to do? We're here to make money. Like at the, at the end of the day, like we're here to bring money for our, for our families, for us to live better lives, you know, change our life. So it's just, you know, I, I get it. Like people do that, you know, but you can also make your room private, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, Hey, I, like, you know, if you're serious, you can say, if you're not, you got to go, you know, it's that easy. Right. You know? Well, I think that like, that is the crux of why this is such kind of a hot button issue in the community. Yeah. Right yeah. now. It's, like, yeah. I, it's jumping around a lot. I t- like, yeah. yeah, I totally, I totally get it. And, um, we were talking before we started about, um, and everyone, everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I like need a sponsor and that this is expensive and it, I just pay for it out of my pocket and not, I don't get any sort of help paying for it. And that is like a strange, th- you know, I st- thought about starting a Patreon. I've thought about asking for donations and it's just all feels kind of icky. Like talking about money feels icky. Yeah. But we're traders like that. It Like we talk about money all the time. All it's day, weird, right? <laughs> it's a weird thing. <laughs> anyway, I would like to get to your particular strategy. Could you explain it to me very quickly as if I was, you know, 15 years old and opening up a Weeble? And I was oh. like, hey, how do I trade? Okay. Okay. So the strategy that I use, I play bull flags. I play okay. flag break. I play flags. I don't play breakouts. I look for five minute flags, low volume pullbacks uh-huh. at 
Wait, what, wait quick. five minute flags. You mean using five minute candlesticks, right? Yes. I know it's a dumb yes. question. No, 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 no okay. that's fine. Yes. So when I trade, I trade with the five minute chart and the one minute chart, and then I have my daily chart just for key levels for daily. I trade off the five minute because the one minute will fake you out way too many times. Totally. Like, yeah. It'll, it'll be like, it'll just, <laughs> you'll, you'll take paper cuts after paper cuts after paper cuts. I use the five minute because it's a, a little bit more of a larger time frame but not large enough to miss the, the momentum that's going on, the volatility and stuff like that. I love to trade things that are fresh. I love, I trade the, the front side of the move. I don't like to trade the backside, the chop, anything that's passed. Okay, well, can I, can I ask how, other than like a tweezer top, how do you know that the move is over and like going into the backside? I mean, I struggle with that okay. constantly. I'll trade the front side and be like way up and then I'll trade the back side all the way back down. Okay. So it's actually something I learned from Thiz. And it's crazy. It's If you ever look at a chart, you're going to see a huge exchange at the top. Once you see that with a lot of volume, I mean, abnormal volume, like if you see two, three, four million, you know, getting stuffed or people are shorting it or anything like that at the top, that's normally when the move is over. You know, nine times out of 10, not all the time, because some things get stuffed, continue. But you want to see that big exchange at the top. Okay. Once you see that, that's a sign that the bears are in control. Shorts okay. are starting to get interested on any pop after that to short it down now. Also looking at the daily, keeping in mind key levels that if the stock already broke, maybe two, three, four, five on the daily, just previous resistance, like simple stuff. You know, of any like areas, the weekly, the hourly chart, you know, something you want to skim through, like always skim through the hourly, the weekly and the daily, just to give me an idea of when something has fresh news, the leading gapper has a lot of volume. You know, those are the key levels I'm looking for. And I'm marking So we're, we're recording this on November 13th and, um, I, so the past week, we've had some big runners. Can you tell me, like, what were your best trades this week? Okay, yes. Wish was one of my Wish. best trades. Uh, okay. EGO. Actually, hold on one second. So Sunday, I'm going over my stream of this week's trades. So one of, my, one of the good trades I had was on ARTO, EVGO. Uh-huh. KPTO, LAZR, LCID, Lucid. Whew, that was a good trade this week. Yeah, definitely, right? Yeah. Uh, PPSI. Whew, love LCID. <laughs> PPSI, RNXT, yep. and believe it or not, um, SPCE. And oh, then, yeah. I lost a lot of money on SPCE trading the backside of that trade. Yeah, anyway, right. so <laughs> you... Uh, volume is key for you. Yeah, volume is key, especially when I trade off the five. Uh-huh. When I'm looking for, I look for low volume pullbacks. Setting okay. up on a five minute flag. And then I realized something on the five minute, uh, I use the eight EMA on it. And if you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I use the eight EMA. And the Wait, I've EMA. actually never heard that. I use the nine and my friend, Real Simple Ariel, my boy who taught me how to trade, uses the 10. How did yeah. you choose the eight? I've just had it for a while. I think something I know 
uh, Warrior Trader. You guys ever hear of Ponytail Warrior Trader? Oh, no? yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy yeah, yeah, Momentum yeah. Trader, I mean, makes tons of money. And, you know, I know people kind of dog him because he's, like, in and out, buying higher, selling higher. But the guy's really good at what he does. Like, you know, I learned – that's how I learned how to trade momentum was watching him stream for a year and a half. And then I got Was his, that your room? Your paid room? No, no, it wasn't. No. No. Uh, got, and then I ended up getting his, uh, his uh, course. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, it was free. It was an, his old one. And I went through it and I applied it to how I was trading. And it just like my momentum trading just like skyrocketed. Like my profit. Love that. Yeah, it just like tripled almost. Like it was insane. Because I used to always tell Tiz like, I know I can make more. And I'm super grateful. But I know like, I, I like, I'm so consistent. I just need to build more confidence and take it more size. Mm-hmm. And once I found that like, the confidence and looking at other momentum traders, how they trade and how they're capitalizing on it. It was just, it was crazy. Like how it boomed. It was crazy. So I, love I, it. I got I the love EMA that. off him, but, and it's like, I studied it. That's when back testing really came into play was studying how to play the front side. You can't hesitate, right? When you're playing the front side of the move, because it'll just go like you literally only right. have, sometimes 15, 20, 30 minutes to make a couple quick decisions on your entries. And I found that out. I just back tested it. I kept trading the eight on the five minute looking for these super like perfect VPA pullbacks, like low volume pullbacks on them. And even in general, if, if um, even on the, I use it on the one minute too. I look for things that are making sense that are, developing in key areas whether it's breakout areas or before it or support and it's crazy how like if you step back and really just look at it and see how much it actually works and if you're disciplined enough to just keep trading those type of styles or those setups it's crazy how your profits will just boom like one day you'll just do you do you take an entry off the eight Yes, I'll take an entry off the eight. Sometimes I put my bids on there. Um, if it doesn't get close, I'll take entries before it, and I'll mind my risk. Like if this doesn't hold, you know, I'll use it around there. It's it's mainly you got to really pay attention to how it's setting up mm-hmm. because not not every type of patterns flag seem to be the same. They might look mm-hmm. a little bit crazier than the others, and it's not going to be perfect. But it's it's the volume behind it that makes it perfect. You know who was a flag breakout trader is Mark Minervini. Really? I learned this from um, Ariel. I don't know. <laughs> but he trades high. F- no, no, no. I learned it from Ben, who does Pattern Profits. That's his Twitter name. He was an awesome episode. If you're going to listen to one episode of this podcast about technical trading, listen to the pattern profit one, but he said that Mark Minervini trades high flag breakouts and he is currently the number one in like the world trading championship. He's been, he's like number one by, I mean, millions and millions of dollars. So, wow. All right. I'll definitely do that. That's what I'm trying to try to gear myself towards. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Check him out. That's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, so it's clearly a very prof- 
profitable strategy. Yes, absolutely. And especially like you, you know, once you start seeing it, like if, if you watch my stream, I, I go over it mm -hmm. and you'll see the VP, like the volume that's behind it. It's low risk. It's very easy to say, okay, I'm going to enter here. The risk, you know where you're going to exit if it doesn't work. Like it's, Is your stop below the EMA or is it like the bottom of the flag? So yes, it's going to be, it's going to be when the flag is no longer a flag. Okay. You know what I mean? So if the flag, yeah. I, I kind of give myself like a 10, 20 cent stop loss. You know, sometimes you get, you get caught in flushes. You just, it's inevitable. It happens. You know, right. you just got to, it, it comes with the game, right? But usually I, once I don't see buyer step up, if I'm in a position, that's one thing I'm real big on too. If I'm in a position and this is my pattern and once I hit the buy button, I'm trying to time it to where it's, where it's about to squeeze or start to reverse. I want buyers to step up. I want to see the yep. tape start to speed. I want to see the ask wall start to get like demolished. And if that slapped. doesn't happen, yeah, slapped. Like I want to see him start to get slapped. <laughs> you know, buyers are stepping up. <laughs> and I don't like to, I don't like trades to go against me. Like I, I tell everyone in voice, like if you, if you buy something and it starts to go 20, 30 cents against you, it now has to go 20, 30 cents up for you to be break even. Now it has to go. 20, 30 cents for you to be profitable. So if you just cut it and re-enter on strength, mm -hmm. you're going to save yeah. yourself that, I hope this goes back up. I hope, you know, sure. or average down, take more size, and then it not work. And now you're cutting for a bigger loss. Yeah. Whew. Do not like to average down. Um, do you know the percentage of success in a, like, bullish flag break? Do you know how... So, yeah, question? absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And I back tested this. And even this week, my success rate right now has probably been like 96%. But it Dang. has to be, yeah, it has to be early. And when I mean by early, it has to be the front side has to be the first one or two bull flags on the five okay. minute. This week or even yesterday or Friday. Yeah, Friday. Oh, yeah, that was yesterday <laughs> for me. I'm in the future right now. There was a <laughs> It's Saturday here. It was oh. yesterday. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> um, there was we, – we nailed a couple of flags, right? And then there was flags setting up that were super extended. Once you get that third flag that's super extended or a flag that didn't form on the bottom or the beginning of the, the, the trade and it's starting to get extended – like on the top of the move, running into big areas of resistance, they really don't work that well. And I have a couple of examples that I'm going to go over this Sunday on them. Catch them early. Nine times out of 10, you're going to be profitable. Because Whoa. it's still the front side. And, and I'm not a financial advisor like at all. But it has yeah, to We don't do any financial though. advice on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just something like <laughs> I, I back tested for a while. Like I have a folder full of hundreds of, of flags and they're on names that that have a catalyst it's not anything like i will never play a flag on a socially ran stock anything that's getting pumped or like hey buy this buy this this is gonna go this is and you look at the volume and it's not there i'll never do it just won't even like try it but if there's that abnormal volume because if you think about it as traders I mean, if I buy something for 5,000 shares and it goes and I sell it right there, 
I'm just I'm just riding the momentum. Sure. I'm not, yeah, I'm like I'm not the one creating it. It's just there's yeah. millions of shares going through on the one minute, you know. And you're not going to crash it when you sell your exactly. five thousand yeah, shares or exactly. ten thousand shares or and, whatever. Yep. And I and I tried this, and so far I think the biggest size I took was like twenty, about twenty thousand over a little little over twenty thousand shares, and I literally mm-hmm. bought it and sold, and I didn't even see it budge. It just kept going. I got filled instantly, and it just ripped. I'm like, wow, you know. My friend and I were in a um, swing this week that just like was not working, and. He's like, I like we had pretty big size in the swing, and I just saw like my PL go like down, down, like in a matter of maybe 15 seconds, just like huge red candle. And then I got a message from him, and he was like, Yo, I'm out. And I was like, oh, Couldn't it told me? Yeah, he, like screwed me here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, That's, lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So that that'll that right there, believe it or not, will happen in plays that don't have a lot of volume. Mm-hmm. Even intraday, like if if you're seeing or in the backside of moves, like if the volume is gone and there's other people buying like 10, 20, 30, 50,000 shares, you know, and if they're like, hey, this is not working, all they gotta do is just market dump it. And then forget about it. You're going to see this knife and things might even hold down after that. Oh, yeah. Ooh, halt down. Brad Mullins always says that being in a halt up is the best feeling in the entire like world. Like he loves a halt up and being in a halt down is truly the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. It makes me kind of sick. Um, Did you know that a, the chance of a wedge break being profitable is 50%? Like, which I guess makes sense. Like a wedge breakout's either going to go up or down. I was trying to play wedges for like six months being like, oh, this is a wedge. Like it's really going to break out here. The flag is different than a wedge, right? Mm -hmm. But like I – honestly, they look kind of similar. Like I I don't know. It took – I'm sure people listening are like, well, no shit, Blaine. Like, of course, those are different. <laughs> it took me a while to learn that, though. And I love how – I love the percentage success on certain patterns. My my Our friend, Happy Gilmore, always talks about an inverse head and shoulders being the most, like, profitable success rate on a pattern. But it's only 83%. So you're, you're telling me something better. Yeah. Love a high percentage yeah, pattern. It's definitely high, like, especially if, you know, you catch it early and it's organic, you know, there's just so much volume. Like, you know, if you look at, if you look at the day, there's already like 50 million volume for the day, you know, 20, 30, whatever it is, rather than looking at something that has a couple mil, you know, and the average daily is like 20 mil, you know, um, it's nice. Like, and every flag's going to be different. You know, some of them are going to give you 20, 30 cents. Some of them are going to give you a couple dollars. Uh, it's It just depends. Um, RNXT was a great one that we traded uh, last week, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that produced, you know, like almost $2.30 off the flag, buying it like right over low volume pullback. It, it just depends, you know. Um, and it's being early and not hesitating to actually grab the bottom of the flag. Why do you think... It is. So I've never 
struggled with hesitating, like never been a problem for me. Overtrading, massive problem. Hesitating, no problem. There are a lot of people that struggle with hesitation. Why do you think that is? Just nervous about the loss? Yes. And I think it's hesitating because they're not confident in the play. Uh You know, it's like, how many times, like, why, like, if you ask yourself, like, why are you taking this trade? Or, you know, especially if you take it with size, you know, because then it starts to get like, you know, as soon as you take, you just say you take 5,000 shares uh, and it starts to go down 10 cents, that's 500 bucks. You know, 20 cents, that's 1,000. So I, I think it's the confidence. Like, I, I've seen these patterns happen for about a year now, and that's all I play. And I do play other things, mm-hmm. but I won't play with size. That's the difference. Interesting. Yes. I will play certain patterns really with, size, interesting. With, with size and uh-huh. other things. I'll immediately lay off the gas and I'll, I'll play with some size, but nothing that's going to make me go red on the day. Nothing that's going to make me have to dig myself out of a hole. Uh-huh. You know, it's you have to change your size when you're trying to play other things, especially if you haven't back tested it. Like even those wedges that you talked about, and I know traders are probably nailing them, right? But if you, again, step back and figure out why they're working, where they're working, you know, is, is, is this like a technical wedge breakout on the daily? And how many times is that technical wedge breakout? Is it a wedge on a stock that has a great catalyst or has 52-week high volume? You know, those are the things that you want to ask yourself in any pattern or any type of setup you're taking. You know, when, when, when you're trading rather than just hitting everything or buying the first pullback on something or, you know, understanding once a move is done for the bulls, because that's what I am. I'm not going to trade this anymore. Like I I missed my opportunity today. So now when tomorrow happens, I'm going to try to capitalize on it. Like I'm not going to hesitate now because I've seen this setup. I've seen this pattern. It has the right volume. It's setting up for, you know, all the, everything checks off in the box. Now I'm going to take it. And then, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you finish. Um, once you start doing that, the hesitation will stop. It's going to be like, it's like a twitch muscle. You know, you start training yourself, like, to hit this, like, all right, now I'm going to nail this. Now I'm going to nail this, okay? Now I'm getting more confident. Let me add hundred more shares instead of taking five let me grab a thousand now let me start seeing how you know the, the success rate the profitability rate on it and i think that's it because when a lot of people are like i don't know if i should take this i think it's because they haven't back tested it like that they, they're not sure that this is going to work because one they haven't exposed themselves to that situation two you know back testing and then three they don't know the outcome of it. Mm-hmm. So when I play those five minute setups, I've seen the outcomes outcome so many times, like the success rate on it. And that's why when you hear me in voice, the guys will hear me. The guys and girls will hear me. I'm confident. I'm going to stay calm, collective. I just, I need to see this level break. And once this level breaks, I want to see the ramping volume. You know, those are the things that are like, I'm like, okay. And sometimes things need to breathe which is okay. And the best thing to do if things need more time to breathe, to exit and then re-enter. 
instead of letting things go against you. And that that's that's how like the hesitations definitely that's how my hesitation stopped. Was So you did you were a hesitator. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I hesitated like trust me. So I traded with a hundred chairs for months. Just a hundred at a time. On on back testing this. Hundred shares, hundred shares, hundred shares. Then I got to two fifty, five hundred, thousand. I mean, now I'm slapping like 1,500, 2,500, 5,000, 10K at a time now. It just depends on the, you know, the price of the stock, obviously. Yeah. So there, I feel like I had just kind of a light bulb moment back a few minutes ago. So my strategy, super simple, like beginner strategy, I guess, works for me. I like a EMA rider. Like I don't need super, super high volume. I just need like very bullish chart. I love uh, something that will ride the 9 EMA all day, pull back to the 20, and then I'll enter on the 20, put a stop right below the 20. So Mm -hmm. really good risk reward. I know exactly what I'm doing. And will like, I feel very confident taking, I mean, it's like, I'll take 1,000, 1,500 shares right there, which is a lot for me, knowing exactly where my stop's going to be. I have no anxiety about if this, like, that's just my strategy. And then recently I've been trying to do like test some other strategies. Like, I mean, well, like buying it support, let's mm-hmm. say uh, that's not something that I usually do. Like I just do my same thing over and over and I've been trying to buy it support and I'll take my same size, but I'm like not quite as confident on exactly where to put my stop. I mean, I, right. it's just, I feel shakier and I've been taking like massive losses mm-hmm. on the things that I am not quite as sure about. And I, I mean, s- starting Monday, I'm going to stop doing that. Right. And that, so that's exactly it. Like you're starting something new. So you have to size down because maybe this new strategy potentially could work. But you have to figure out why it's working, where it's working, and how it's working. But you need to build the confidence of so start with 100 shares. Maybe we have this guy, Daz Trader, Daz Bear. He's trading with five shares, 10 shares. And he's been doing that for weeks now. And even sometimes then he'll make like 50, 100 bucks or, you know, but the point with that is, is he's learning like how to trade, where to trade, and why. Yeah. Even his risk so minimal, like where, he, He'll lose, you know, pennies, you know, rather than hundreds or, th- you know, thousands, thousands of dollars. So that, that's really big. If you're going to try something, because this guy Richie told me that, like, if you're going to try something new, size down completely. Size down. Because you don't want to, you don't want to lose the confidence in something that could potentially work. Or scare yourself to take size tomorrow on something that can work. For sure. And that... I mean, like, I really do feel like that was a light bulb moment because buying the 20 EMA on an all-day EMA rider, honestly, is, like, a little bit boring. You're just watching (laughs) and watching and watching. So, like, I do – and I like trading. Like, I kind of want to be – I want to be in the mood, in the move. I like watching everything. But if I could just limit myself to, like, if it is not my play, then buy 100 shares. Right. Like, that – would stop the massive losses. Yeah. So if you just change my trading journey 
I'm going to send you a Rolex when I'm a millionaire. <laughs> no, no, no. If anything, Pokemon cards. All right. I'm, I'm a big Pokemon, for, Pokemon freak. I told you in real ones, my son is super into Pokemon. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm got learning. my son into it's- it and he's, he's starting to like do something else. So I'm like, sweet. All of it's for me now. <laughs> mine. Yeah, mine. Yeah. yeah. Did your son ever go through a Beyblades phase? Yeah. yeah. Beyblades. We probably have. Dragon Ball Z. Like 700 Beyblades. Oh, my God. <laughs> he went through a three-year phase. It's all he wanted for anything and everything. So we just have a bat, like gallons of plug bags full of Beyblades. <laughs> He's losing interest. Yep. And then they'll oh, just sit yeah. there in a box and yeah. he'll want something else. <laughs> yep. That's totally normal. <laughs> cool. Well, um, I'm really kind of reeling with what you just said. And how funny, that's not even like exactly what we were talking about. But man, it really, really hits home. Do mm-hmm. you, um, is there anything else about your strategy that you want to go over that I haven't asked you? Or would you, we have about 15 minutes left. Would you want to do some questions? And I'm fine with either. No, I think we touched the strategy. And then I think my stream too will like is definitely like more detailed into yes. it. Yes, um, which then, I will link in the show notes. So guys, okay. please check out the stream. And I was watching the stream this morning. It the visuals help yes. so much. Like you did yeah. such a good job. Thank you. Getting the good examples and all of that. So you know, please um, do, guys, check that out. Yeah, definitely check it out. And then I'll be doing it again this Sunday. Um, at oh, perfect. Like, yeah, it's like a 12 a.m. my time and then 10 a.m. Eastern sometime on, on Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern. And I'm going to go okay, over more. Okay, so are you doing them every Sunday? Yes, I'm going to go over. Okay. Yes. Now, how, let's say I want to start watching every Sunday. Do I go in real ones? Do I follow you on Twitter? How do I get the yes, link? You, you can either follow me on Twitter. I have the mm-hmm. Twitch. It's the same thing as my username, it's Mikey Underdog. Or you can find in the real ones, they have Ivan. He's, he's, he's really good with that. He's been showing up to them and recording them and then uh-huh. making a YouTube video out of it and then posting Very it on cool. YouTube inside of the, uh, let me see. It is called, I'm sorry, hold on a second. I have my, everything is, it's the VOD channel. Okay. And the learning and questions. Inside Fantastic. The I, there was one more question I wanted to ask you. So all these stocks that you've traded this week, I have also traded. I mean, those are the, the plays this week. Right. I find them all on my thinkorswim, just highest percent gainer scanner. But I, ha- I also have a trade ideas scanner. Like, how are you finding your plays okay yeah so i have i have trade ideas and what i have is it's a a small cap uh i have it's a gappers list and then Uh i have a a pre-market scanner that's i I got it from somebody else and it's like very sensitive so Uh as soon as i can hear the ticker in my headsets and that's how i find these stocks i find them and as long as it has abnormal volume and has news I'm I'm in there. Cool. Yeah, so How trade many is, trades do you take per day, would you say? Yesterday I think I traded 
like five or six different stocks. Uh-huh. And I might, depending on like how many setups I see, I might take like three or four trades. Sometimes I'll nail a big one on it and I won't even trade it anymore, even if it mm-hmm. keeps going up. Because I like, again, I nailed like my setup on there, my pattern. Yeah. So I've kind of just will accept like that gain and not play the choppiness or something that gets too extended where there's a lot more risk. You know what I like about your style is you are making the market work for you. Yes. Exactly. I like that a lot. <laughs> and that's the key. That's the light yep. bulb, I yep. think. You got to make the market work for you. Yep. You got to find you got to find a way to ride with the momentum. And that that's yep. all I'm doing. That's why that's why I don't play stocks. I don't have any volume stocks that are just moving tick by tick. Cuz you know So so on a on a really good day when the market's hot, we have Momo, all of that, you're taking maybe 30 in and out trades per day. Mm, Is that? Probably. Okay, cool. Probably. Oh. Yeah, if like on, what is it, Thursday, we had five beautiful flag setups that really worked. So that's like five trades right there. And then playing bounce trades off them at, at key levels, like high day breakouts, seeing if that would bounce. Or a couple more, maybe like 15 times, maybe not 30. Okay. Yeah, try to, that's, I've been trying to get really big on that because even like we're all human, right? We make these gains and then we start getting chopped up. Yeah. And it's because we want more. So if we can stop being like that, because the market does, it runs off greed and fear. Fear messing out and then getting too greedy. And we're, you know, we're keep playing, keep playing. So now I've been like doing my best just to play these setups and try not to give back profits for the rest of the day. Because it, 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 I think that's the worst thing is when you nail a good play mm-hmm. and say, you know, whatever it is, 500 bucks, a thousand, you know, it, it can go on, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever it is, a hundred bucks. And then now you're trading and you're getting chopped up and now your PL is 20 bucks for the day. Mm-hmm. You know, that hurts because <laughs> you yeah, nail yeah, something yeah. great. And what happens is you play all this choppy stuff and you lose focus on the A plus setup and then mm-hmm. you don't focus on that more and you get too distracted of all the noise, all the choppiness. Yeah. You know, I do every single day. We'll play. I don't take a trade until 945. I don't do pre-market. I, I can't. I used to, when the market was really hot, I did a lot of opening bell plays, but can't, I just, I don't do that anymore. I don't take a trade till 945 at 1045. I'm always up like five or $600. Then I cannot, I just cannot walk away. Like I like trading. So, you know, by two 30 that afternoon, I'll be up maybe 50 bucks. Cause just like lunchtime chop. I like, I just give it all back. And then in power yeah. hour, I'm like, oh, I just need one good play. It's like you had three good plays at nine. Exactly. Like, exactly. What, yep. What's the problem here? Yep. Um, so that's me. I personally have. And I told you, like, I'll play the front side of a trade. Great. And then I'll just slowly give it all back. Yeah. Yep. And then. So, yeah, yeah I, I would highly recommend to stop doing that. And yeah. It, and, and the best <laughs> thing, too, is like imagine nailing these plays right on the front side. And say that day you made 250 bucks 
it was a great play. You know, now you're building confidence over it. So the next day you do it, it's another 250. You're going to keep letting those compound, you know, rates keep building. And then you're going to see you're, you're going to have a nice week. Then you're going to have a nice month. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be like, damn. Instead of your mind's going to shift instead of I should have done this. And now it's going to go to I must do this. It's going to be a huge shift. Like I should trade. I should only trade this. I should only trade that. And then it's going to be, I must trade this. I must trade that. And then that's it. And it's going to feel real good. And that's something Warrior Trader does. He trades the first top momentum and then he's done. He either nails it or he doesn't. And then he calls it and he wakes up tomorrow and then starts over. I have to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it'll feel so good because then you're like, wow, I just made, you know, say you made 600 bucks like, you know, you, you did yesterday or and then the next day you make 600 and then the next day, you know, now you're up like three, four K for the week. That feels good. Right. And then, yeah. you know, do that for a whole month. You just made about five figures for the whole month. You know, now do that for also, a year. Also, I could get my life back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sitting in this chair from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., I like my back hurts. Right. My eyes hurt. Yep. I'm getting migraines. Like it's not good for my health to yeah. sit here all day. And emotionally, like you're saying, that's really tough to watch what was $600 become. Like yesterday, what was $600 became $3. And right. I was just happy to get out alive. Yeah. Yep. Feel and, shitty. And then you have to remember to like people who work normal jobs. Like how much are they making? Is it a hundred bucks a day, 120, 150, you know, even people with really good jobs, they make two to 300 bucks a day. You know, if you nail 600 bucks, you just doubled what someone who just went to school for God knows how long and someone who's, you know, in debt for this. And, you know, we have to, like, we have to step back sometimes and appreciate, like, even on my smallest days where it's a couple hundred bucks, I'm like, made a couple hundred bucks. That's better than you know, I only make like 3K a month in the military. <laughs> you know, I can make that in one trade, <laughs> you know, yeah. in perspective. So you have to realize like you're not working eight to 10 hours. So you don't have a boss. It's you versus you. And to, you know, be disciplined. If you can check yourself every single time, like, hold on, wait a minute. Is this something I would take right now? Like, or am I just, mm-hmm. am I getting bored or am I having FOMO? Like, let me just stop. And then something's just crazy because Bob said this earlier. He's like, if you're having FOMO, trade with one share. If you want to be a part of it, trade with one share. Just hit the buy button with one share. If it goes against you, who cares? If it rips, who cares? You know, like, right. that was awesome. Like, I was like, that's cool. Yeah. And, and I have personally yeah. done that a few times now. Right. And also you don't, uh, like, God, I don't want to go paper trade. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to give back my gains and I don't want to switch over to paper trading. I'm like, yeah. I have graduated no. from paper yeah. trading. Yeah. 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 I know yeah, paper trading. Give me that all. advice all the time. Just paper trade. Pa- I'm yeah. like, no. What I should do is I'm a painter, like a artist painter. Like what I should do is go do my passions. Yeah. Like not sit here and mm-hmm. freaking paper trade. But in- anyway, I do <laughs> will sit here and trade all day. To yeah. my own detriment. <laughs> yeah, the sooner I'm telling you, the sooner you stop and you just 
focus on the A plus setups, you know, you hit the gas and you stop and just walk away, you'll start to get into that routine and it'll feel so much better. Like that, that's my goal. Cause I do trade at night and sometimes I'm hanging out in voice all night, pulling an all nighter and then going to work like sure. two hours later. Sure. But you know, the goal is to hit the gas and the momentum and then go spend time with the family, go do the hobbies, go fishing, go do the things that you enjoy to do. And mm-hmm. you know, the, I feel like the purpose is, or, or teach people like trade and then teach, trade and teach, you know, the purpose is to stop working these eight to 10 hour shifts, you know, to stop, you know, being stuck in one spot. And that's the purpose, like to be financially stable and then to do whatever you want. <laughs> so don't get glued to the chair for 12 hours. <laughs> Find a way for to sure. avoid that, you know? Yeah. Man, this is, I feel like I just got like a personal coaching session. (laughs) We're here to talk about you. I make you talk about my trading. This happens every podcast. I'm like, I'm just going to use this time. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Well, I, I mean, I really appreciate it. I'm trying to think if I have any other, I don't, because I used up all the question time with my own questions. I'm trying to think like if I have any other, oh, do you have a monetary goal every day or are you just trading what's in front of you and let the gains come as yes. they will? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm trading the setups. I'm trying to uh-huh. squeeze every dollar out of it. And then I'm trying to get better and better of, of, of making more the next day or like, how can I okay. get better? Like, you know, sizing up, but no, I don't, I don't really have a goal. What I will do is, is once I start taking too many paper cuts, like over trading, I'll look at my okay. PL like, all right, I'm done. Because I've done that, you know. Had a day where I was up really big and then I gave back like, you know, like I gave back like like three grand of it. And I was like, mm, let me just, I want to finish red. I mean, green, not red. Yeah. I want to finish green and let me just stop. Like, you know, and it makes you realize again, like what I'm talking about is hitting these plays premature, early. And then avoiding them on the backside because the success yep. rate is, is completely different. It's, it's a wake-up call and, for myself too as well. Yeah. Another thing I think I might do is I've been posting my PL on Twitter. I'm very like hard on myself. Like once that PL is up there, I'm done because I like yeah. accountability is a huge thing for me. So I could just start posting my PL at 11 every day and be like, yeah. I promise absolutely. you I'm not taking any more trades. <laughs> yeah. But you have to realize why. So I think, again, it's realize why you're making that money there. And if you can truly understand that aspect, you're going to stop playing the chop. You're going to stop playing yeah. the backside. And then you're going to focus more on the front side and it, you're just going to get better and better at it. Is it is the reason the chop happens because the volume dies off midday? Is that absolutely? Yep. Okay. Because for the patterns that I play, it needs mm-hmm. volume. So if it doesn't have volume, right. the success rate is not, you know, what it is. You know, for if there's sure. no volume, you know, if there's no volume on both sides, the stock will just straight sideways. You know, if, if everyone's just selling and selling, it, it's going to go down. If people are buying, it's going to go up. So it's. Yeah, once the momentum is starting to die out, lunchtime, you know, a lot of people are super satisfied 
with taking their gains. So they won't trade anymore. And then, then there's no more volume. You know? And then if you have these mm-hmm. big, bigger whales, you know, hedge funds, anything that's, you know, guys that are like buying like hundreds of thousands of shares, that's gone. So the momentum's going to start to dry up. I wonder if that's like a self-fulfilling prop- prophecy, like that the volume's going to dry up midday because we've all heard that and like it does happen. But I'm sure there's tons of people like you and me just sitting at our desk all day long. But yeah. you know what I sort yeah. of sort of like August is going to be bad. Like I wonder if that's also kind of a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy yeah. cuz I traded every day of August. <laughs> yeah, I I had my best month in August. <laughs> Congrats. I've been the last like 2 or 3 weeks I've been really wishing for August back cuz August you knew it was going to be bad and I knew how to like trade that. And then yeah. now I think I have an expectation that it's going to be good and it's been more disappointing. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I have taken up a full hour of your time and I am going to go back and listen to this episode okay. again and again. Thank you so Sweet. much just for like helping me realize this stuff. I like multiple light bulb moments and I really, really, really appreciate that. You're welcome. Sweet. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it too. And I hope this helps. Yeah. Everyone. I hope you'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. I would really like to figure out a way to to be able to look at people's screen. I think that would be helpful for everyone. So as soon as I as I figure as soon as I figure out a way to do that, I'd okay. love uh, I'd love you to walk me through some charts. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Yeah, and then cool. I can help you and help everyone else too. Perfect. And if you're well, available, do my stream. Again- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Once again, to everyone who submitted questions and I didn't get to them, that's my fault. I monopolized the interview, but you guys are used to that by now. So anyway, thank you so much. And you can submit those questions right on Twitch on Sundays. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. All thank right. You. Well, thank you. All right. Have a good one. Thank you to our producer, Joel Edwards and Chesley Lowe for the banjo music. Please like, subscribe, and share this on social media. We appreciate you guys. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Penny Lane podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional or financial advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Penny Lane podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Penny Lane podcast. The Penny Lane podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein.